When the Spanish began to explore Mexico, they'd heard mythical tales of races of giants. Were these simply myths, or is there some truth to the legends? You're listening to the Mysterious Brews Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Mexican Giants. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, uh, lots been going on since we recorded last, man. You know, you got to go to the big state wrestling tournament, and I got to watch people lose their minds on social media about train derailments and. The world's ending. Everything's a conspiracy, man. Yeah, man. But the good news is, right after we recorded, we had the weirdest thing, man. Our Billie Jean Phillips case again. Got a little traction. and uh, It's starting to get scary is what it is, to be honest with you. We've had some people that knew her, uh, some family members, reach out to us, and so... We're looking to possibly do a part three and and kind of put a different spin on that story and put a little bit of feel good into it. Not that we've solved it or anything like that. God knows we'd be screaming that from the rafters. But uh, there are some people out there that have decided to kind of tell what they've heard, but they also tell funny stories that Billy Jean was a part of, and so. We're looking forward to doing that in the near future. Yeah, for actual family members to be contacting us and them not be angry right, is new. And it's crazy, man, to think that people involved, not only involved in the case, but in the, the family members are hearing it and appreciating what we're doing. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and in the... The one family member that reached out to us, uh, she said, y'all got a couple of things wrong. And I was like, please, please correct us, you know, let us know. Cause they're, you know, and I told her and it's kind of like when we went over it the second time, it's just, there's nothing out there except those two, I think there was two or three news articles written about it and that's it. So that's mm-hmm. the only information we had. And then our great friend, was Kim Phillip, who passed away earlier or late. Yeah. Earlier. In 2022, she's the one that kind of turned us on to those Northwest Arkansas cases and uh, North Arkansas cases. So she she basically gave us the articles and where to find them. So hopefully, hopefully we get some things right and uh, kind of shine some light on that case that is different from most murder mysteries that would cover. We do have a new patron, a Mr. Jimmy Cruz. He's a long-haul trucker. He sent us the funniest email right after we got through recording. I know. That was hilarious, and you didn't even get the reference. I did not catch the reference until you sent me the the screenshot, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) So he did. Good thing is Jimmy commented on the – what happened to Andrew Dawson? He said that he had seen a video from Hecklefish Moriarty that debunked the whole thing. And which I mean, if you can't believe a man named Hecklefish Moriarty, then who, who else? can you believe right. in this world? That's right. So I've not found the Hecklefish Moriarty video, but I have not really looked too hard. That's probably what I'll do today. Um, well, I will say this though: whenever you posted the pictures of the the mountains side by side with the thing on top of it. They were not the same place. They just weren't. No, I know that's a huge snow drift on that first one. That's got the figure on it, but man, it's just hard for me to believe those are the same peaks. So anyway, maybe we got duped again. Maybe we did get duped. And that's the thing. What's funny is on, um, Spotify, if you listen to us on Spotify, there's the option for, we put up a poll that said, it had, I think it had three choices. 
it was all a fake and he's still alive or he filled him something real and he backed out, faked his own death or something like that. And, and then the other one was he filmed something real and then they took care of him. So, and it was fit, split 50 50. Now there's only four people that responded, but out of four people, <laughs> two think that it's all fake and two think that he filmed something real and was offed. Offed. OFT, offed. Offed. Then we did get a, either a comment on Facebook. Yeah, maybe our group page. I don't know. Somebody put the link to the actual uh, obituary in there. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know if it's on where I posted that we were on, that we were dropping that episode, so that would have been Tuesday morning. So I don't know if it's just a post on our page or if it's on the the group page. I can't remember. But anyway, it's there. It's there. It's there. It's there. So let's get into this week's topic. The great and lovely tale of Mexican giants. And when I first heard of this, I thought, man, this is gonna be this will have to be like a mini brew or a micro brew or something. The more I got to looking into it, now while all of the information is very old, there is a lot of stuff out there about this. So, again, this is legend, lore, history all wrapped together, and we'll let you believe what you want to believe. It just proves that we're not creative. <laughs> you know, it's like we did an episode about giants, and then it's like, hey, what do you want to do next? Well, the hell, let's just do another episode about the giants. <laughs> Well, in all seriousness, we were going to cut Andrew Dawson a little short and then put this one into that episode, and then it was Valentine's Day, and we cooler heads prevailed, not ours. Yeah, and I was also sick, man. I've been sick like a dog for about a week and a half now, and it's just getting to me. You done get the COVID again? No, I ain't got the COVID, but, man, when you work with – Small children that have no concept of germs whatsoever and no concept of personal space. You tend to get sick a lot, and I've been sick more this year than I ever have in my life. Just think, man, after this year, your immune system is just going to be, like, rocking it. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I hope I'll be, like, <laughs> body just be shake off. Yeah, your body just shake off like mustard gas poisoning or something. <laughs> <laughs> The unstoppable. Nothing like the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> so when you look at the history of Mexico, you are told that the Aztecs were Mexico's dominant and ruling society when Cortez and the Spanish conquistadors arrived in the early 1500s. The history books and websites also impress upon you that the Aztecs were the original indigenous people of central Mexico. The Aztecs, also known as the Mexica, had only actually been in Mexico or Central America for around 300 years when the Spanish arrived. Not only... And to keep that in perspective, our society, our American society has roughly been here less than 300 years, so. But it was not until not only were they relatively a new society, they never conquered all of central Mexico or the central Mexican people that were indigenous when they got there. Now, Cortez and the Spanish would remain or actually rename modern-day Mexico, New Spain, upon their arrival. So you'll have to keep that in mind when we start, well, we when I start quoting from these very old history books talking about New Spain. <laughs> it was not until 300 years later, approximately the early 1200s, did the Aztecs, which is described as the seventh tribe, arrive in Mexico. And it was rumored that the Aztecs were a nomadic tribe that originated in what is now present-day Utah, making their way to central Mexico. 
And according to a leading authority on pre-Columbian history, language, and customs, one Friar Diego Duran states that around 900 A.D., six tribes of people came to Mexico from a place near what is now present-day Florida, which they referred to as Aztlan. And Aztlan was described to the far north and west, and the other area in which they originated from was Chico Mostoc. I'm sure I'm killing it. Sounds great to me, man. I know it would. Now, the Chico Mostoc described in the history books, it was a place within present-day central Mexico where there existed seven caves of which seven different tribes sprang from. According to the history of these seven tribes, which does include the Aztecs, Mexico was already inhabited by two clearly different groups of people. You had the, what is the Western Mountains, which the Spanish named the Sierra Madre Occidental, where a people called the Chicamecas, no, the Chichimecas, or the Chichimex came from. <laughs> Yeah, this is hard. Man, this is going to be a difficult one. (laughs) In the east, in what is now present-day Puebla or Cholula, were the Quaname, which meant, quote, men of great stature. Both the Chichimecas and the Quaname were said to have been at least seven to eight feet tall. Now, some fringe theorists suggest that these tribes were actually the survivors from Atlantis. So, and I say fringe in heavy quotation marks. So the Chichamica would encounter many advanced civilizations during the time of their perpetual wandering. Unable to find a refuge during this time, many previous civilizations would have already come and gone, and they would be fascinated with many of the massive constructions left behind by these many civilizations. A branch of the Chichamecas would ultimately settle on the shore of Lake Texacoco, an inhabited place where no other indigenous group even bothered trying to settle. There in the middle of the lake, as prophesied, They witnessed an eagle with a snake in its beak perched upon a prickly pear cactus. This was where they were to create their massive empire of, oh, good God, Tenochtitlan. What? Yeah, I knew you was going to do that. Tenochtitlan. Teaching Nietzsche? Almost. (laughs) I wished it was that easy. (laughs) Now, what I have just said, (laughs) it. Translate, if I could say it correctly, supposedly translate to translates to among the stone prickly pear cactus fruit. I like just saying that instead of what I had to say. So the Aztecs weren't the only societies that existed within that region of Mexico is what we're trying to get to. Other civilizations had already been there, left ruins, and those civilizations were known as the Olmecs and the Toltecs. And there was also the nearby Otomi tribe who were considered by the Aztecs to be some of the original settlers of the region long before the Nahuatl-speaking tribes who later occupied the area would come into existence. Now, stories would be exchanged between these, quote, new populations, and they began speculating who had constructed the massive structures that were left in ruins, such as Teotihuacan, Teotihuacan, using Teotihuacan as a primary source of inspiration, the Aztecs, Aztecs, good God, the Aztecs used the same type of construction for their own pyramids within the city or the center of their city of Tenochtitlan. When they asked the remaining Toltecs, who were basically dying off, who had constructed these massive pyramids in Teotihuacan, they replied, the giants. And there are a lot of things out there. There is that Netflix 
Uh, I cannot think of the name of it. It's got Graham Hancock on it, and he's kind of controversial in. He just says that there's there is an ancient civilization that has kind of been suppressed that had far more advanced technologies than we are as a society trying to give them credit for. And so he's got like six or seven episodes, and one of them he does go to central Mexico. And there are several of these old pyramids that are basically in cities now. And they've done LIDAR to see underneath the ground and stuff. And they've done some precursory drilling, carbon dating, and things like that. And they these old, old pyramids that they found, like, predate everything that we are told about who settled the Americas and the Central American. So some crazy stuff. Well, I mean, it is starting to seem that there's definitely more to history than we understand. Like there has to be some way these people made all these things. There has to be a a viable explanation. And I mean, if giants existed, that would certainly explain how many of these Buildings and temples and all that have been constructed with a primitive technology. Maybe yes. they just use brute strength. Well, the other thing is there's a lot of those precision cut stones that weigh enormous, enormous amounts that you can't get a razor blade between. And yet there they are and they've been there and weathered for tens of thousands. And Graham Hancock tries to argue not only tens of thousands, but maybe closer to 50 to 70,000 years older than what we are being told. That's crazy. Yes, it is. So wanting to construct the foundation of a powerful empire, the Aztecs looked upon the Toltecs for inspiration. Now, the Toltecs were seen as almost like a godlike tribe or type of people based on their working knowledge of the time of agricultural and engineering. It was at this point they incorporated many of the Toltec mythology into their own Aztec mythology and ultimately brought together Toltec royalty, who they believed were descended of the god Quetzalcoatl, who would later form the new ruling class of the Aztecs. Now, as with any conquering society, the newer tribes, including the Aztecs, set out to, quote, rid the land of the people already living around them as the Spanish would when they arrived 300 years into the future. Now, the Aztecs would kill thousands of what they referred to as native people in their conquest of Mexico. Those who survived the initial onslaught fled high into the Sierras, hiding in isolated areas. Now, these that have supposedly fled up there were referred to as the Wickle, and I'm probably butchering that, but it's H-U-I-C-H-O-L and the Cora Indians, and they are supposed to be the original descendants from the original tribe of the Chichimecas. Not only were their lives saved by fleeing into those high, isolated places, but their cultures survived fairly intact due to their isolation when any new tribes would try to come in there. And when the Spanish ultimately arrived, they also sent troops up into the high mountains to try to eliminate them. But a lot of them were unsuccessful. The Quiname refused to give up their homeland and fought courageously to defend it. But They were greatly outnumbered, especially given that some of the other tribes allied with the Spanish to rid Mexico of them. Many were slaughtered through deceit. Others would throw themselves off of cliffs rather than to be conquered. They were harassed and persuaded, persuaded, pursued until almost all were destroyed. It is believed that some may have migrated to other parts of Mexico, possibly as far north as Arizona. Now, an example of this would be the Siri tribe, and it is stated that they were a giant 
tribe of natives found by Coronado living on the island the Spanish had named Tiburon and the adjacent coast of Sonora on the Gulf of California. Now, Coronado's men described this area as being so large that the tallest of the Spaniards only came to their waist or their lower chest. Damn, that's big. That's a big man. It's kind of like that video out there, and it's if you start researching giants, like supposedly in North Korea, you know, they have all those soldiers lined up, and then there's one there that's twice as big as everybody else. Yeah, and then the one from Japan is like supposedly a sumo wrestler. It's just ginormous. Yeah, we're talking some very, very large individuals. Now, farther north in what is now the state of Arizona, Coronado encountered the Cocopa, or the human tribe. All were reported to be over eight feet tall and incredibly strong. A Coronado historian noted that six of the Spaniards tried to carry a large log to a fire and were unable to move it. Uh, Pa man lifted it easily onto his head and carried it to the fire for them. Now, we get into a couple of different tribes that I, when I first started looking at this, uh, I did not realize were even out there. One of them is the Wemas. U-E-M-A-S. And this is a where the, the legend and the folklore all kind of meld together. But supposedly the Wemas were a ancestor of the Otomi, and they were a race of giants. And these mythical giants were described as almost godlike and left behind many teachings such as engineering and agriculture. The Otomi described them as peaceful building, peaceful people, who built large cities and were incredibly advanced. There was only peace among them, and their culture thrived. This race, the Wemas, lived for countless generations until one day a great cataclysm brought their civilization to an end. Bring back in the Atlantis theorists. Now, some of these Otomi elders described them as being advanced in the art of pottery, making Again, architecture and agriculture. However, what's odd is their primary diet consisted generally of rabbits. And, but they were known to eat other animals as well and use the other animals' skins as their clothing. Now, in other descriptions, they were described as being nomadic and would move from place to place. And due to their constant movement, they never had time to properly sow enough seeds for food and were always lacking in the food area. They preferred to travel to the west as they felt that was where the sun started its journey into the underworld. They had incredible strength and were able to lift massive stones effortlessly. They were said to be able to build massive temples in the course of one night, but despite being so powerful... They were also very delicate, and if they ever tripped and fell, they would basically break every bone in their body like they were made from glass. So this is where, again, legend and history get intertwined. According to some ancient tellings, these giants became extinct when the world disappeared during a great flood that devastated both the humans and the animals. Since then, they are said to have a great fear of water. Basically, another reason they had fled up into the higher mountains. Now, according to some, they still exist and are still watching over us. Discontent with what the humans are doing currently, they cast spells on us, while others try to aid the human race. Now, Legend says that bones of these giants were said to be found throughout the region, and it was believed that if you ground up these bones and added it to water, it could be used as medicine, and it was believed their bones held extraordinary healing powers. So that kind of takes care of why have we not found any bones. Well, it's kind of like one of the, what was it? The uh, my mind's going blank, man. The the large ape 
that they they only have that one lower jawbone. Gigantopithecus. Yes. Gigantopithecus. But I mean to say that they literally grinded up every single solitary bone, and that's why you can't find any. No, no, no. Uh, I'm saying, I'm saying that. I mean, come on, man. I'm saying that it's similar to Gigantopithecus in the fact that if you're going to find one of these, it's going to be one of those old medicine shops, and it's going to be like, here's this ginormous tooth the size of my foot. <laughs> How'd you get that? That looks like my molar, but blew up. So. <laughs> I'm saying that it could have could lend some credence to why you don't find them. Not all. I'm not saying they ate all of them. Now, other variations of the Wimas are described as being extremely small, calling the Wimalitos, similar to that of the Mayan or the Aztec Chequin Chequine, no Chineke, which are seen <laughs> as mischievous little creatures that look lurk around old ruins and remote areas. So the Aztecs kind of maintained several variations of the giant tribe legends. And one of the most interesting of these race of giants was known as the Winamitan or, yeah, I'm not even going with the other one. No, it ain't happening. There's too many T's and Z's and X's in there through which the Aztecs learned from the Toltecs. So not only do the Aztecs say that this Winamitan tribe were, was a giant race of people, they are being told about this from the Toltecs who are dying off when the Aztecs finally arrive. So we're talking very long history has passed. Now, according to Fernando Alvarado... These giants are one and the same, and despite the differences in the spellings of their names, which I'm not even going to go over, they are very similar to the Otomi's Uemas, which seem to be the basis for the Aztec mytholo- mythological perspective. Now, the Queen of Mitzen were said to stand over 10 feet tall and weigh over 650 pounds. They occupied a period in time known to the Aztecs as the son of rain because these giants did not worship the gods. They were punished with cataclysms that ultimately destroyed their great civilization. It is believed that the massive pyramid of Cholula and the great city of Teotihuacan were constructed by these giants. In Book 10 of the Florentine Codex, a Franciscan friar, Bernardino de Sahagun, stated that, quote, they built these great mounds for the sun and moon as if they were mere hills. It is believed that they were made by hand, but giants still lived there then, end quote. Many similar legends of these giants can be found within the other regions as far away as Guadalajara, which speak of the Teotihuacan people in the Chronicle Tello back in 1891. Now, in Diego Duran's The History of the Indies of New Spain, these giants were said to occupy the territories around Laxcala, Cholula, and Huexocinco, maybe? <laughs> It's the best I can do. As these incoming tribes began occupying the region, they began aggravating the natives. And when the natives got aggravated, they began to defend their land. And they would fight against the Cholotecas until basically they were all killed off or left the region. In their description, they were seen as barbaric and as savage as wild giant men that we kind of referred to in our episode as the Giants of Kandahar. Mm-hmm. They were that Big red-headed giants, huh? Yes. Some were said to be red-headed. Some were said to be blondes. Again, the blonde supposedly ties back to, I don't know why, that you would be blonde if you lived in Atlantis, but a lot of people say the, the blonde giants are a race of people that came from Atlantis. So, yeah, I mean, people seem to know an awful lot about 
what people from Atlantis are like, considering there is no proof I know. whatsoever that place even existed, much less a description of their people. Hey guys, Arlo here, and if you are struggling with the old caffeine in the morning, I have got the fix for you. It is called Magic Mind, and it is just a little two-ounce shot that you drink with your coffee or your energy drinks in the morning. It is chock full of greatness, and it will get you focused, and it really actually has the L-theanine. And that lowers your cortisol hormone, which helps absorb that caffeine that you're intaking. Now, Magic Mind has nootropics, adaptogens, matcha green tea, and 12 magical ingredients. That matcha boosts your energy. The adaptogens help with relaxation, and the nootropics keep you focused. A bonus is that it has vitamins C and D along with the echinacea to help your immunity. So head over to magicmind.co backslash brews and enter the promo code brews 20 that is brews 20 brews 20 and that will give you a 20% off coupon for either a one-time purchase or subscription to a monthly dose of magic mind I know, I love when people start going, well, they were probably very fair-skinned and light hair color, and I'm like, no, probably not. That's probably not what they look like. It looked like they were in like a L'Oreal commercial, their <laughs> hair was perfect, and they had like eight-pack abs, you know, because they were... All they did was <laughs> calisthenics all day. Like, you know, I mean, like, you know, just imagine like the perfect person, and that's like what an Atlantean was like. <laughs> so... In the book, The Historia de Mexico, Mariano Fernandez Echeverria y Vesha states, quote, At the time of the flood, these giants lived on the earth. Many of us lived submerged in the waters, but only seven brothers were saved in the caves of Tlacan Mountain. Zahlua, the giant, went to the site that was later <laughs> named Chololulan and built large adobes in Tlalamanaclo and led from hand to hand in a line the men who began to build the pyramid in the memory of the mountain where he was saved. Irritated by this, Tanakatakwetl, the father of all gods, threatened their construction upon reaching the clouds and hurled down celestial fire and stone in the shape of toads which killed many of the builders. So let let me finish before we go back and dissect that one thing. He goes on to say, dispersing the others and did not destroy the construction. The artificial mountain still survives, attesting to the power of Exolua. So not only yeah. did they piss off the gods and the god got mad, he hurled fire and brimstone, but that wasn't really fire and brimstone. It was fire and brimstone shaped toads. So burning <laughs> hard rock frogs <laughs> or toads. I know there's a difference. Toads are flinging from the sky and killing people. I would say you probably piss someone off if that if that happens. Yeah, it's a pretty clear indication you've angered something. Yes, I, I do not want it to rain fiery stone toads at any time. You know what my favorite part of all these pronunciations you're doing? My absolute favorite part is the fact that you've done this to yourself. Like, this know. was your choice. I know, I know, I know, like, I know. And the more I researched your... it, I was like, what? why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awful. Now, in Ana Maria Ashwell's Cholula, the author draws upon... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm loving it. The author draws upon various sources and breaks down a chronological order to these Aztec narratives regarding these giant beings. These stories expand on the seven brothers that were placed in the caves and furthermore include the various epochs in which these events took place. Quote, this was the first age, they say, in which the water rained until it came to destroy the world 
that had multiplied those first two men who possessed the great trinity in the beginning. According to his account, that age lasted 4,008 years, pretty specific, until a great flood came, and they said that men became fish, the big fish they called the Loctomichin, which means man fish. The oldest people in Mexico who escaped this flood say one man and one woman survived, of whom the human race was later descended. So this is the Mexican creation story. The tree they escaped on is called Awete, and they say that this flood came in the latter 10, according to their computation, which they represent with the same sign of water, which, for greater clarity, we will put into the calen- into their calendar. During the first age, they say that they did not eat bread except for a certain kind of wild corn that is... At Zitzulipi, they called, <laughs> yeah, they called the first Kanitzel, which this first age is referred to as, quote, Whitehead. All of that, and we're going to call it Whitehead. Ashwell goes on and says that they enter a mythical and ancient era of giants, a captain by the name of Zahua in the history of the Tolteca Chichimeca from 1545 to 1565, who is referred to as the ruler of the Nanalaka Chichimecas. The Historia Tolteca Chichimeca explains that after the fall of Tula in year one, that is roughly what they have calculated to be 1116 AD, Zelhua immigrates with his people to the region of Teowicon, Teotilan, and Katsokatlan. The Rio's Codex describes the following, quote, Others say that not only did these two escape the flood by a tree, but seven others were hidden in certain caves, and that after the flood they came out and repaired or repopulated the world, and those who then succeeded them worshipped them as gods, each one in their nation. Thus, the Tepaneca worshipped the one who called himself and the Chichimecas worship Quetzalcoatl, and the Cholula worship Siocuatl. Because their generations came out of them, and for that reason, they took the lineage very much into account, and where they were, they said, quote, I am of such lineage, end quote, and that first founder of his they worshipped and made sacrifices to them and said that this was the heart of the people. There were, in the first days, giants in this country who they renamed the Zoquilice that was of such disproportionate greatness that a religious man from the order of Santo Domingo named Friar Pedro de Rios, who is the one who compiled the most of and found a painting saw with his own eyes a molar tooth from the mouth of one of these giants, which the Indians of the Amecamecan found walking with adorning along the streets of Mexico in the year 1556. One of those seven who say escaped the flood say that by multiplying, they went to Cholula and there were there, they started building a tower. That is the one from which the brick base now appears. The name of this captain was Zexula. He edified it so that if the flood came again, he could escape in it. The base is 1,800 feet long, and being already in great height, lightning fell from the sky and destroyed it, killing many people. And because of the Mexicans, of whom a certain Wumak as a patron, fear, and liberated together to seek advice from their God, who ordered them to fast for eight years. Eight years of fasting? Look, I'm not, it's hard, it's hard enough for me to not eat for eight hours. Yeah, I can't, I'm not a faster. No, no. I, I turn into a, I turn into an angry human if I do not eat. <laughs> now, during this fasting, supposedly, they witnessed the earth swallow the giants. And those of whom remain prophesied the destruction of Tula, which did come shortly after. 
And basically it takes about 36 years to about 45 years for when you see the Cholulans migrate and there's a lot of history that goes back to those seven brothers that came out of the seven caves and founded the seven villages. And there's a lot of the old population of New Spain, according to the Spanish friars. And that's why they came in to name all of these cities. I'm not even a, they, there is one excerpt and that names the brothers, but no, there's, they all start with either TZ, THCZ or T-E-Z. So good luck. That's all I can tell you. Now, similar to Friar Pedro de Reyes' account of coming across a gigantic molar belonging to one of these early giants, one of the earliest mentions of physical evidence pertaining to a giant in the Americas can be found among the pages written by Bernal Diaz del Castillo. And Mr. Castillo was a soldier under Mr. Cortez and the con quest of mexico he wrote the following quote they said their ancestors had told them that very tall men and women with huge bones had once dwelt among them but because they were very bad people with wicked customs they had fought against them and killed them and those of them who remain had died off and to show us how big these giants had been they brought us the leg bone of one which was very thick and the height of an ordinary man. So basically, what he's saying is, just the leg bone was the average size of a Spanish soldier. He goes on to say, yes, he goes on to state, huge. That was a leg bone from the hip to the knee. I measured myself against it, and it was as tall as I am, though I am of reasonable height. They brought other pieces of bone of the same kind, but they were all rotten and eaten away with by the soul. We were all astonished by the sight of these bones and felt certain there must have been giants in this land. And Cortez said that we ought to send the leg bone to Castile so that his majesty might see it, which we did by the first agents who were with us. So we know, according to certain history books, that there was a very large box, and it is said that Cortez sent back this bone to King Charles I on a ship from Veracruz along with a lot of other treasures. After the conquest, Cortez began amassing a vast collection of these giant bones within his own estate. Other descriptions by Spaniards in Mexico, such as Jose de Acosta, Antonio Herrera Tordesillas, and Joseph Torubia, mentioned seeing many of these remains, including several giant teeth shown to them by the indigenous Tlaxcalan. Other tribes of these giants reportedly survived as well. Now, Bernardino de Sahuguan, who arrived in Mexico in 1523, stated and was considered to be the foremost expert of his time, wrote that the giants of Quinamitin and even asserted that they built both Teotihuacan and the Cholulan pyramids. Bernard Diaz del Castillo also that we just talked about stated that not only did he have that leg bone that was the size of a man, but it was as big around as a man's waist. Now a report from De Acosta told of finding a buried giant on his farm in Mexico in 1586. He said not only were the bones enormous, but a tooth was found that was the size of a man's fist. Now, there was another story about giants, and it's called the Aguas Calientes. And that is in a, the way it's described is it was directly north of Mexico City, within the state of Aguas Calientes, as previously as we've talked about the Otomi and the Aztec mythologies, these people were living on the outskirts of the valley of Huejucar, which is basically translated to the place of the willows, near the town of Calvillo. There is a story about a geographical formation consisting of vast hills which resembles that of a sleeping giant. In this account, similar to those 
that we've discussed before, these giants were seen to be very advanced in both architecture and agriculture. They were seen as very peaceful, and they lived out their lives basically for centuries. And that is that was their air, uh, the closest thing they had to paradise. But in the previous uh, stories that we've gone over, just like in those, the Aguas Calientes story states that the giant, you know, the great flood came and it wiped out those remaining survivor or, or that race of giants. There were some that survived. There was one, the couple that survived was Verle and Kirle. Verle was a prince of the northern territories, which meant warm springs, and Kirle was a princess of a southern city, which named or translated to crystal waters. They were chosen to talk to God, and before God responded to them, quote, even though I've come, I want to hear it from your lips. Our cities have been destroyed, and we are the now very few survivors. You will have to travel to the other lands since what happened can happen again. But the giants replied, quote, but we love our land. We want to continue living here, to which God said, if you stay, you will perish. And that is according to, now that's the other side that goes on to this. Now, this one says that not only were there those two, which is basically like Adam and Eve, but there was four men, and I'm not making this up. One of them is Galfo, not Gandalf, Galfo, meaning good earth. One was taught, meaning clear water, Kilse, which was meaning clear sky, and Malake, which meant good people. And they did kneel down and... I guess, do what they were told to do, and that's how some of these giants survived. And it goes on to tell a story of, basically, these giants did not die out, but they watch over us, and they are very spiritual, and they love the land, and they try to protect the land. So as long as these giants remain in the caves, and you don't go poke the bear, they're not going to come out and basically destroy you. Now, again, any of and all of these tribes go back to the Chichimecas and the Chilacas as the, I guess, original tribe of Mexico, and that's the, I don't know, I guess, the original tribe of giants. Uh, one story states that there were three majestic and extremely tall priests, each belonging to each of the indigenous tribes who found themselves in the location of Lan Contera. As the sun was setting, one of the priests wanted to bathe in the hot springs and jumped in and disappeared. The indigenous exclaimed that this watering hole was created by another tribe who occupied the area previously. They said that three years prior, they have created a hole, put half a basket of salt, poured water from their gourds, and finally covered it, which later formed a large spring. They searched frantically for the missing priest and believed he might have been taken hostage by the Chilaka tribe. As a result, the next day, they went to war with the Chilakas, and a bloody battle ensued, during which, at the climax of the battle, the missing priest appeared and seemed to have been shot by an arrow. Blood flowed outwards, which stained the earth red and still remains to be this day. There he fell dead, and the Chichimeca buried him, which later formed the surrounding hills of the dead. Now, we tell you all that back history to basically hit you with, I guess, more modern, if you want to say more modern. <laughs> um, there are still rumors of secret caves and tunnels existing through the hills, which stretch throughout the entire region. Several legends claim that these tunnels are filled with treasures hidden away by the indigenous Chichimecas. These vast tunnel systems are known but have never been explored due to lack of proper equipment, and many of these entrances have been covered up. They are extremely dangerous, and many people have gone in to never return. Likewise, there are rumors to be toxic spores that grow inside these tunnels, and upon inhalation will cause the person to lose consciousness. And lastly, there are claims of ghosts and perhaps remnants of an extinct race that still occupy the hollowed earth underneath the giant priest. Now it is interesting that um, a lot of these giant legends 
from around the world share common themes, the, the idea of the caves and the idea of, you know, them being hidden away. Does that, li- I mean, that's got to be. Yeah, that's the one thing that I wanted to try to get. There's nothing to that. Right. I mean, you got to. If you keep. How can there not be. You kind of, it's kind of like a good detective trying to figure out if, if the story on the street is true. If you can interview people that don't know each other, that tell you the same story, then that story is probably true. So, in, and what I tried to do, and I know I butchered those names, but from those regions in Mexico, there back then they would not have communicated as well. From what we've been told, they wouldn't have communicated very well. So they have the same origin story. And kind of like you said, the more you hear this story about how they have survived and they've gone into these caves does lead credence to some bit of truth being well, out Well, I mean, there. it's the same thing with, like, you know, the giants in, in North America or the giants in the Middle East or, you know, this is a recurring theme that they are – cave-dwelling creatures, so that can't be a coincidence, is what I'm saying. Like, there's got to, to me, that leads credence to the idea that they're real. Well, and it also, at some point. all of these, I don't guess society is a great word for it, but all of these different areas of the world have their own uh, creation story and their own flood story. But like you said, that it, it kind of goes along those same lines that they also have this story of these giant tribes of men and women. And so, it, like you said, it's, it cannot be a coincidence. But to this day, every November, countless people gather in the area of these huge tunnels and have a procession called the Illuminante Los Pies Muertos where people walk up the mountainside in a long candlelit procession to the, quote, feet of the dead. And there is a picture of an Olmec face. I think it's an Olmec face on the side of a cliff. And that's where this occurs, supposedly. Now, more recent stories of finding the remains of giants came from Nayarit. And that is where a press clipping dated from May 14th, 1926 states that Captains D.W. Page and F.W. Devalda discovered the bones of a race of giants who averaged over 10 feet in height. Local legends say the race of giants came from Ecuador. Now, probably the most mysterious recent day account came in the explorer Paxton Haynes. And he was exploring the Barranca de Cobre area, which is Copper Canyon, in northern Mexico in the early 1930s. In a cave there, he allegedly discovered the mummified bodies of 34 men and women, all measuring between 7 and 8 feet in height, and all had blonde hair. Now, the most recent, and why we started to do this episode and it turned into a history lesson was that there was an article published on December 14th, 2022 titled there's a legend that cavemen are still living in Mexico. The author Cassandra Yorge states that, and it is out there. We will try to put it on our socials. A video making its rounds on social media purportedly shows the footage of what appears to be a giant Neanderthal peering out from a cave in Mexico. The figure is blurred from the maximum zoom but looks to be a very hair-covered caveman, in quotes, who steps into the light from the cave entrance on a mountain. The figure appears to be a giant because it takes up much of the entrance, even though it is hunched over. But the true proportions are hard to tell without something of known size nearby for comparison. And I guarantee you, if... It is a real video. You're not getting that cameraman to go up there and put his hand next to the entrance of that cave. He is not getting Hell anywhere no. near. Hell <laughs> no. <laughs> now, the true proportions, like I said, are hard to tell because there's nothing up there that's of relative size that you're like, oh, well, that's a, a normal size tree. We can estimate that it's this, this, this. Anyway, the caveman seems to stare right in the direction of the camera before running their hand over their head and disappearing back into the cave. And yes, it is very 
blurry, but the camera zooms out and shows the entrance that from their vantage point of where the cameraman is at looks like just a little dark hole about halfway up a rocky mountain. It then zooms back in and shows that the creature not only reemerges for a moment, but this time it is walking hunched over on its wrist like a gorilla does. So, did this cameraman capture a line of Neanderthals or giants that we've discussed? Or has he seen what we describe in the Americas as Bigfoot? I don't know. We're going to post that video and we're going to let you decide. But I have a list of sources that I used. I will put them up there. They are mostly in Spanish, so good luck. But you're more than welcome to look that up and dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, the one I wish there was a better English translation is this good. It's basically all Spanish, but it supposedly it translates to of monsters and natural phenomena. But translating a lot of this, I couldn't even get like, you know, there's a website so you can get the pronunciation of different words. Yeah, it, it even gave up on some of these. There's like, nope, I'm not even trying that. So, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that is the Mexican giant theory. And so my take on it is, I don't know. I'm like you, though. There has to be some shred of truth in it because it's the same story we hear several times. It just can't be a coincidence that they're all matching up. But then again, I mean, where do you, why is it not more widely known if this stuff is true? Like if there was an ancient race, is it true about the big Smithsonian cover up that people have tried to pass off? And my, I guess my thing is you're hearing more and more about the fallen angels, and they are the Nephilim now. Um, is this that kind of story, but from an Aztec or Mexican angle? I, I don't know, man. There's a lot of weird things. There's a lot of supposedly documented in journals that the Spanish did encounter some sort of of race of giants in their basically murderous rampage of Central America. Which I find it funny, not ha-ha funny, but just comical that we don't know a lot about the Aztecs because the Spanish basically tried to wipe them out. Well, hell, we don't know a lot about this Chichimicas because the Aztecs tried to wipe them out. So, you know, is it just human nature that we don't, something we don't know, we can't understand, we're just going to try to murder all of them and be like, you're less than us, so you should be done away with? And I know that goes, it doesn't, doesn't lend itself to just the Spanish and the Aztecs and the Aztecs and the Chichimecas. I mean, this shit's still going on in the African. Yeah, it's basically human history, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean. All of human history. You've got. Constantly warring, trying to rid each other of the Holy Land, and then you've got the the continent of Africa now. They're still warring tribes over there, and I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, I want to believe, but until, you know, you get a better video of something, I don't know. I really don't know, man. Well, the problem is, you know, it's getting so much easier to hoax stuff. Yes. You have to really dissect everything you see. But and people, I always want to be like, well, who's going to take the time to hoax things like that? But, I mean, truth be told, it's been done many, many times. There's been plenty of hoaxes done over the years. The surgeon's photo of Loch Ness, you know, it took what 50 60 years for him to confess it did 
Truth be told, though, even as a child, the first time I saw that picture, I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> I swear. Like, that is bullshit. That boy had a and nose for bullshit back when he was in diapers. I was like, that was tiny. That's tiny. That's not a big, giant sea creature. I was like, you can tell that it's tiny. But they didn't want to believe me. No, <laughs> they sure didn't. They but should you're not going to convince me Patterson Gimlin film is fake. That is real. That is genuinely Sasquatch. I don't care. Yeah, I know. I've heard other podcasts talk about how, man, it's so obvious that's an ape suit. And I'm like, no, I, have you not watched the slowed down version? There's no way that's that guy in that suit. They have, dice- they have dissected that film more than the Zapruder, the Zapruder film. True. If they could prove that it was a hoax, they would have come out with it by now. Yeah, and as Bob Gimlin still alive, thank God. And I mean, his story's not changed one bit. Nope. And he's not really rich off of it. I mean, he he does get invited to some of these conferences and stuff, but I mean, he's still a cowboy that lives yeah. in the Pacific Northwest. So. And he kind of retreated from, you know, after the original release of it, then it hit, what was it? Uh, something, was it that old TV show with Leonard in Nemo? Search of. Yeah, In Search Of. That's when it came back. There was It came out in that one, and then In Search Of also had parts of the um, Samurai Chatter that was filmed. And so that kind of brought new life into it. And so I think the reason we're discussing this is I think more and more, if you start seeing more and more of these videos from these Mexican mountains and hill countries, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I want to believe, and I believe that Patterson-Gimlin film's real, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Patterson-Gimlin's 100% real. But I'm with you. I don't... I know there's people wired different, but I don't sit around thinking, man, I wonder if I could spend 48 hours at a computer trying to hoax this video. And, and But to what end? Eventually, you're going to have to come out and be the bad guy because people want to like punish you for hoaxing it. But I don't know, man. Well, like those two knuckleheads in Georgia that tried to hoax and say they killed Sasquatch. I mean, how long did it take that shit to fall apart? About eight hours. Yeah. It wasn't long at all. No. And what kills me is one of them was a damn sheriff's deputy. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm like, dude, it's not, you're not even like a long haul trucker that could disappear after you got the money. They know your face and know where you <laughs> live. But anyway, all right, coach, you got anything else to add to this lovely one before we give our recommendations? Not at all, man. I just, I don't necessarily know what to say or believe, but I'm just, I just keep harping on that fact that there's got to be something to it because they're all mad. The stories are all matching from civilization to civilization. There has to be a possibility that these things existed. Right. I'm with you. I don't necessarily buy into the Atlantean thing. Um, no, but it seems like we all know there was someone there before the Aztecs. Aztecs. Yeah, but I'm not- I'm not necessarily saying that Atlantis couldn't possibly be true, but it's just, you know. This oh, no, I, I would know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying that I'm not tying these stories from Mexico yeah. to descendants of Atlantis. No, but that what I will say this now. There is a couple of theories out there and there's not a lot of research done about it, but um, the what they call the Redskins you would have to think are indigenous people do not look red skin to me. When I think red skin, I think sunburnt. So is this when people say, well, you know, it was the red skins in the, in Florida that the Seminoles say were already there before they got there. It kind of expounds on, well, were they really, fair-skinned people that had covered themselves in that red dirt to, as a, like a sunscreen, or were they sunburnt 
and therefore that's the red skin name. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole to jump down. There's, I mean, there's a lot of fringe stuff about what the Seminoles found when they were originally in Florida. The Adslan comes back into play. So, I mean, there's, if you're interested in this stuff, there's a ton of rabbit holes you can chase off of it. And like I said, now that we have our website up, the gracious, uh, Chris Shepard has got us mysteriousbruise.com. We will start putting some of our, notes on there our um, sources on there so you can actually see things and do your own research but recommendation wise my wife has got me hooked on this show on I think it's Hulu maybe Netflix called Three Pines and it's pretty good pretty pretty good if you uh, it's like a murder mystery series it's based off a book called Three Pines and the book, mm. hold, hold please, because I did not read the book. She did, and I just happened to watch um, a couple of the episodes with her. Three pines into the old Google machine gets us. Yes, it's starring Alfred Molina, and I'm sorry, it is on Prime Video. So Amazon Prime Video has Alfred Molina, and it has two seasons. It's very. I like Alfred Molina though. It's very well, well written. Um, pretty good, pretty good. So if you're looking for something new and you like little murder mysteries and stuff, this one I think is centers around a Canadian town. So check it out. If you don't, then don't. But that's my recommendation, Ace. I guess you're waiting on me, huh? Well, that and I was adjusting the mic cord, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I just started watching Full Swing on Netflix. You watched it? It's about golf. No, I have not. Pretty damn interesting, to be honest with you. If you're into golf, you need to check it out. It's basically behind the scenes of all the uh, shenanigans they get into and the pressures they're under and how they face it and this, that, and the other. It's pretty, pretty damn interesting. And it's called what now? Full swing. Full swing. And you said it's on what? Netflix? Netflix. Okay. I'll have to write that down. I might not remember that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got. Coach, you got anything else? You know I don't. Deuces. <gasps>